Talking Sports with Evan. Uh, I am Evan, your host, and uh, was going to spend today's show talking about what the Bucks should do uh, with uh, Coach Butenhoser, and if it was time to move on from him. One of the topics I was going to spend a lot of time on the loss to the Heat, uh, the Heat, about a week later, and the Milwaukee Bucks decided to kind of throw a wrench in that plan a little bit. And today they terminated Coach Butenhoser. And uh, not really surprised per se, but at the same time, I am a little bit. So I'm going to spend part of today's show talking about how Coach Buten, uh Bud should be remembered in Milwaukee. Should it be positive or negative? Talk about some op- uh, um, options for the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks and what, imp- what say Giannis will have in that uh, position and what I think is next for Coach uh, Budenhoser. We'll be joined uh, momentarily by Tristan Thomas. He'll be coming in to uh, give his thoughts on this Bucks news here tonight, deciding to move on from Coach Bud, and uh, definitely going to be interesting uh, offseason now for Milwaukee. As there's a lot to take in. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a pending free agent. The, his role on the team and his return will depend probably on who that next coach is for Milwaukee. Um, Giannis can sign his next uh, Supermax contract this summer if he chooses to sign another extension. Chris Middleton can opt out of a $40 million contract. And what do the Bucks try to do to try to make a, a push? Do they bring the, keep the core together one more time to try to push um, – for another championship with this core group of guys, or do they start shuffling pieces around after they lost to the Miami heat in the bubble? They very quickly, <clears throat> they very quickly moved on from Eric Bledsoe traded him in the drew holiday trade, brought drew holiday in and drew holiday was a huge component on the bucks winning the championship in 2020, 2021 uh, season the 2021 championship. He was a big reason why they won that his defense and his leadership was a big reason for that. And drew holiday didn't have a very good postseason this year or last year at times this year, he looked almost unplayable at times. And I know he was doing his best against uh, Superman. Or I mean, Jimmy Butler, but he did not look good at times during this series against the Heat, and Butler just complete, completely toasted him. And the question is, do you bring Bledsoe back, who's highly paid, or do you look to try to move him this offseason, get more of a true point guard to try to lead this offense? And I hear Dame's name a lot recently, as Dame, I think, wants – I'm pretty positive based off what Dame has said. He wants to play with Giannis. I think at one point he tweeted out a picture of him and Giannis in Portland Trailblazer uniforms. He's been complimentary of Giannis quite a bit. That shooting ability of Dame would be quite entertaining with Giannis uh, doing the pick and roll with him. And then I mentioned uh, Middleton has that player option, but ultimately what do you do with Middleton? Middleton looked slow at times. His ball handling, which was never a strength, His ball handling this season, especially against Miami, was atrocious at times. And his defense, he always seemed to be a step too slow or a step too late trying to close out on 
your Duncan Robinsons, your uh, uh, point guard. I can't think of the point guards. Nate Kyle Lowry. Lowry, he always seemed to be a, a step too slow against him. Um, but Middleton's another guy you have to ask the question, what do you do with? So I am going to bring my guest in here at this time. Uh, big news in Bucks, uh, Bucks uh, territory right now with the firing of Coach Budenhoser. And the question is going to be, what do the Bucks do now with uh, Coach Bud on its way out? And just want to quickly say thank you for uh, stepping on very short notice to give this in conversation and thoughts on Coach, uh, Coach Budenhoser. Well, thanks for uh, hitting up the bat line, the bat phone. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a shock, but at the same time, it's not a shock. And I think we'll get into that um, a little bit more. It's, it's such a finality to it, right? I've heard whispers about this, even back to last season. Well, even back, didn't think. Even back when they won the championship, even there were whispers that if they didn't win it, he was probably going to be let go. Yeah. And a lot of people felt that the championship saved him. And in a lot of ways it did. You go back the next season and Middleton is hurt. Okay. All right. He's hurt. You bought another season. If you would have had a full roster, it it would have been great. You would have won a championship more than likely, probably. We don't know. We'll never know. And then you come back this year. All the pieces are fitting. You got through all the injuries. And then Giannis gets hurt in that first game. And it, it, it wasn't even Giannis getting hurt that 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 really did the men. It was just a combination of things. Him losing his brother. Him not making adjustments. Him not playing young guys. Do so you have other people to slide in there to play? It was a, a, a culmination of everything that people had complained about with Mike Budenholzer coming to a head and then finally being let go. So it's, it's a shock because I thought that maybe he might survive this one like he has in the past, but then it's not a shock because we've heard these whispers and they've been getting louder and now they've all been confirmed. Yeah. And I don't know if shock is the right word. Shockingly is the right word. It's really not. And there's just a lot that I really, Want to talk about get out there, uh, looking forward to the Bucks. Who should get the job after him? Things like that. But I guess the first kind of thing I want to mention is, and maybe you know, I, I've had a chance to sleep on this a little bit, but watching that Heat series, and I, I'm I was in the camp that if Middleton never hurts his knee last year in Chicago, the Bucks likely win the championship because I think they would have beat uh, Golden State in the championship. Yeah. Through the fact that they literally had no, but like they're built kind of like the Suns were in the year prior. They don't have anybody inside that can stop Giannis or Lopez. Right. I think it would have been the Sun series all over again. But then I got to thinking, and Giannis made a comment that really made me think about this. The biggest difference between the Bucks and the Heat is the Bucks were playing to win a championship. The Heat were playing to beat the Bucks. If they were to beat Boston last year with or without Middleton, who do they play in the Eastern Conference Finals? They play the Miami Heat and Spolstra to get to the NBA Finals. And you look at Budenhoser's record against Spolstra, and we always talk about outlier games, like when the Heat nailed 60% from three-point line in week uh, game one. 
outlier, you know, like not the norm. It's likely not going to happen again. Yeah. I got the thinking was the 2021 series against Miami. Was that the outlier that what we saw in this series, what we saw in the bubble, um, what we've seen when these two teams have played in the regular season was last year, if they were to play the heat in the Eastern conference finals would have been more of what we saw in this series than what we did two years ago when they won the title. I, I guess everything, all the stars just aligned perfectly in 21. And I give Bud credit. He definitely was a big reason why they were able to win the title with PJ Tucker helping. I feel, I guess, forcing, I don't want to say forcing his hand, but kind of, you know, getting in Bud's head that, Hey, we got to make some changes here. You brought me in for a reason. Let's do it. So I don't want to, you know, I want to give him the credit he deserves, but I just wonder, you know, maybe that 21 series was the outlier in the Bud versus Bostra coaching matchups. You know, I heard some people calling it a fluke and I, I, I had to tell those people to, to pump their brakes because in the NBA playoffs, there's no such thing as a fluke. Yeah. You have to go and beat a team four times out of seven. There is no fluke in that. One game, okay, maybe. But in the seven-game series where you have to beat a team four times, there is no such thing as a fluke. You just beat that team. So maybe it's the outlier. Uh, Boonholzer has always struggled against Spolstra. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. Some teams just have your number. And for the Bucks in that iteration under Bud, the Heat were that team. They were just that team. Yeah, and I, I don't mean to make it sound like I'm saying that was a fluke. I just, all The stars pretty much aligned perfectly, I feel, that season. Bringing in yeah. P.J. Tucker, yeah. um, Kevin Durant, which I still, you know, granted if he nailed it, game over. If, I should say if it was a three-pointer, game over. But Durant, toe on the line. Things just had kind of lined up, and the Bucks definitely took advantage of the opportunities they were given to win that title. But I guess what is – Bud's legacy to you in Milwaukee. He took the job from Jason Kidd, which when Kidd got let go, things seemed to be a mess. You always heard the same press conference all the time from Jason Kidd. We didn't have the energy tonight. We didn't have the energy tonight. We didn't have the energy tonight. And no scheme at all under Kidd. And, you know, people give Bud uh, crap for his play random comment. When Jason Kidd was there, it truly looked like they were playing random. And then Bud comes in and his five, what, five seasons in Milwaukee? Yeah. He, he goes um, 271 and 120, 39 and 26 in the playoffs with an NBA championship, Eastern Conference Finals appearance. And they've he's got a, a two-time MVP. So I would say he elevated Giannis's game. Defensive player of the year there as well. And Middleton and Drew really took a huge step. And when Eric Bledsoe wasn't playing with his head up, as you know what, he was even playing really good basketball in Milwaukee. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, when his head wasn't up, as you know what. But what, to you, what is Bud's legacy here? I, I've seen people say they won the title in spite of Bud in uh, 2021. I guess what, just what are your general thoughts there? To people that say they won the title in spite of Bud, like, come on. There were times where Mike Boonholzer did not make adjustments in that run. But in that Brooklyn series, after they got blown out, then you started to see Mike Boonholzer make a couple of adjustments, small adjustments here and there. And it continued through the duration of the playoffs. So let's not 
poo-poo what Mike Budenholzer has done. Mike Budenholzer will never have to buy a beer in this state ever. You know, you, you took a team that has been starving for a championship, hadn't had one in 50 years, you, you elevate them. You talk about a coach that has won 50, at least 51 games, four out of the five seasons that he's been in Milwaukee. The only reason why he did not win one of 50 plus in that championship season, because it was only a 72 game season. They still went 46 to 26. So he was still well on his way to another 51 season that year. His legacy is like any other coach in the state that has won a championship, the same as Mike McCarthy, the same as Mike Holmgren. He's going to be up there. He's not going to have to buy a drink in the state ever. He's not going to have to buy a steak dinner in the state ever. We have to appreciate what he's done to this franchise. You talk about a franchise that just were at the bottoms of the bottoms. And I know he didn't take over when they had won only 15 games. It was sometime after that. But that's how far down they had gotten. And then you get Coach Kid, and you have to get it away from Coach Kid, and you bring in Budenholzer, and he elevates it. So you have to give him his props for that. Just what he did was was incredible. But you mentioned the press conferences from Jason Kidd sounding alike. Like Budenholzer's press conferences also started to sound alike, where he's yeah. like, "Oh, we got to do better in that area. We got to be better doing that." Even then, in, in during the games, when when on the sideline reporters are talking to him between quarters, "Oh, we got to do a better job on Jimmy Butler. We we can't let him be open like that." But he was open like that. So, fantastic coach. I appreciate what he did. Uh, nothing but love for Mike Budenholzer. I hope he and his family are, are are doing well. I know far too well what it is to lose a sibling in a car crash. So I, I just hope. That, that they're surrounding each other, um, just being together, and they, they, get, they get through that. But uh, sometimes it's just time, and it just felt like this was the time. Yeah, I, I think it was the time as well, and I, I don't – and I, I want to, like, tip – you know, it's, it's harsh to have to let the, do this so soon after the news came out that his brother passed away. But I think the Bucks waited as long as they could to make this move. Um, I think I think Bud knew it was coming. I don't think it was any surprise to him. They probably talked to him, you know, after the season was over. They didn't do any exit interviews, which is usually a red flag that something's going to happen. Yep. Um, and I think they. I, I don't think Bud's surprised. I, the national media, um, super shocked and surprised. And how can you let a coach go so soon after an NBA championship? But as you said, a lot of the things Budenholzer kept saying they had to do kept happening. And he coached the mat, he coached almost a masterpiece in 2020, 2021 at times after game one against Miami in that in that first round series where they won thanks to Chris Middleton's buzzer beater. He made adjustments in that series too. He put Giannis on Butler, which he didn't have the luxury to do this series with Giannis's bad back. As much as Giannis says, yes, I wanted that matchup. Watching him in game four, he wasn't ready to cover Butler like that. Game five, a little bit better. I think if there would have been a game six, game seven, I think Giannis is ready to guard Butler like that. But Giannis's back couldn't handle it. And um, as you said, it was time. It is always time. It was time for Mike McCarthy to go when they let him go. You know, thankfully, you know, Bucks. Granted, they didn't have a choice but to let him finish out the year because they're the best team in the NBA. Right. Fortunately, McCarthy didn't get that luxury. I know Murphy, looking back on it, would change that if he could. Um, but unfortunately, you know, he did what he felt was right. 
and as you said, I hope Boonhoser and his family are doing, you know, doing well and being where they need to be. I probably way too early. I think he takes this upcoming season off, but I made this prediction on Twitter right before the show. I don't know if you saw it yet, yeah, but <laughs> Dallas, I don't know if Jason Kidd survives another year in Dallas. That team is primed for, I think, a style similar to Budenholzer in Dallas. I think Budenholzer is the next Dallas Mavericks head coach. What do you think of that? <laughs> and I, that that team needs to learn how to play defense. That's the problem. So I wouldn't be surprised if if Nick Nurse was a, a prime candidate for for that position if they do let Jason Kidd go. Um, but <laughs> I told people in Dallas, like, listen. Y'all all excited about Jason Kidd, and maybe you learned some things, but I got PTSD from his era around here, and it's tracking exactly the way it did here down there. So it's, yeah, maybe. Maybe they, they need to play random and let it fly down there. Who knows? Yeah, and so, and I, I got into the, so I'm not, so when I'm arguing about it's not always the coaching on Twitter with one person in particular, I'm not trying to be a bud supporter there. Like I see the flaws in his coaching as I'm watching yeah. the game happen, but it's not always 100% on the coach. Um, game four, Budenholzer, was it game four? No, game three. Yeah, game three, Budenholzer tried different matchups, tried Crowder, tried different guys on the bench, yeah. and nothing was working. And at some point, you have to point to the guys on the floor and blame them for lack of success. Budenhoser overreacted and shrunk the bench in games four and five. And I think after that big third quarter closeout in game five, I think the Bucks just ran out of gas. I think they used the rest of the energy they had. And I think if they would have pulled out that win, I don't think, I don't know if they won the series. I think they used everything they had in that third quarter. Sometimes you got to point, I know you can't fire the team, but sometimes you got to point the finger to the guys on the court and on the floor for not doing their job. And the Heat shot, I think um, Johnson kept mentioning this, they shot like 53% uh, with contested threes in that yeah. series against Milwaukee. The Bucks were better off letting the Heat shoot wide open threes in that series. It was way worse <laughs> for wide open. It's like they could do nothing. And, 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 and to your point, yeah, you can't fire the players. Um, you know, but, you know, Jimmy Haslam, you know, new part owner, he might, you, know, you might disagree with that. Um, <laughs> I'm just shuddering thinking what he's going to yeah. do. Um, Thankfully, he does, he's not going to be the governor yet. That's yeah, not yet. NBA not governor. Yet. It's going to go back to uh, Edens as being the the one running the show. I just Which want to add him for his money. Like he he can have no decision making at all. I want his money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. Like you take his money, you take his input, and that's that's the scary part of it. But it, you're absolutely right. It, you have to put some of the onus on the players and. There were a lot of guys who just did not show up that series, and if they did, they showed up very inconsistently. I mean, Holiday. I mean that that was that was a shock. Middleton was. I mean, I I thought he was wearing blaze orange, but he looked like a cone on defense. I mean, it's just it was just shocking seeing some of the guys who you know rise up to the occasion, who have been through these battles, and they don't show up, and it, it was just it was shocking. Like you said, Bud overcorrected. And he shrunk that bench down, which really compounds the problem because he's not really developing any of the new guys that come on to the club. None of the young guys giving them any minutes so they could come in and kind of contribute in those moments. 
maybe that energy that you're looking for, that spark that you're looking for, that we've seen so many times in so many playoff series that you get a, a spark from an unknown source and it just changes the, tra- the trajectory of the series. So, Brent Forbes against the Heat two years ago. Brent Forbes that, before yeah. he got banished to the shadow uh, shadow realm. Yeah, <laughs> like Brent well, Forbes. He, he unfortunately became unplayable after that series against Miami. Exactly, <laughs> but you know, you but you got that 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 yeah. that. That that shock, you know that 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 juice, that jolt, that energy from an unknown source, you know, un, just unexpected source. So it's it, you didn't have any of that this season, and you had guys who normally show up that did not show up and were not consistent. And you know, you got Jay Crowder saying, "I don't know why I was brought here. I don't know what my purpose is here." Hey, we don't know either. <laughs> the way Boone Hoser was using them, but also at times he wasn't that good either. So he looked like a cone out there sometimes. He was wearing blaze orange too. He was absolutely. It's, it's shocking that the one thing that you could always count on, which is the Bucks defense, was really the biggest part. And this entire and I know Giannis doesn't believe in there being failures in sports, but this was a failure in the series to win it. So it was the biggest failure uh, that that really caused them to to go down in flames in this in this series. So it's that that part of it is shocking. Yeah, and now it's what's next for Milwaukee. Uh, the obvious name being thrown out right now is Nick Nurse. He got let go in Toronto. I think he got let go in Toronto for a reason. Maybe he's a guy in Milwaukee. Maybe he's not. Atkinson, who's uh, assistant in Golden State, the name I'm being thrown around. Becky Hammond's been thrown around. Uh, Dwayne Casey. Uh, Mark Jackson, I'm sure, is going to get mentioned as he does every time there's a coach opening, even though he hasn't coached for a decade. I think it's been almost a decade since Steve Kerr took over for him. Yeah. But who do you think? So I don't think the Bucks let Bud go. At least I don't think they let him go if they didn't already have a plan in place on who the next coach was going to be. Who do you think the next coach is going to be? And if it's not who you want it to be, who do you want the next coach to be? I mean, everybody's salivating over Nick Nurse, thinking about his defensive system with this defensive talent. But then it's like you go back and you watch that that playoff series. It's like, do you really have that defensive talent? I mean, Milton used to be somewhat serviceable on defense, and now he's dropped off. And I mean, how much how much time left do you have from Drew Holiday and being elite defensively? And can he bring that into the playoffs? I think he spent so much energy in the regular season that he just was tapped out come playoff time. He just was not the same. So everyone's salivating about that. Would I like to see it? Sure. I think defensively they would still be stellar. Um, offensively, I think they'd be pretty good. Um, but it really depends on how you build out this roster. I mean, you got a lot of guys who can either opt out or just not come back, you know, and Middleton being a, a big one, Brooke Lopez being another big one. So you don't know how the roster is going to look. I mean, you, it, it could be a roster looking like Toronto's roster. I mean, Maybe that's being a little bit facetious because you, you got Giannis, so it's not going to be totally like Toronto's roster where you really don't have a whole lot of talent. But not playing up to their caliber, not playing up to their abilities, it could be like that depending on how you shape out the roster. So Nick Nurse, obviously, at the top of the list. Uh, Atkinson, I mean, another defensive mind, uh, but will bring it a, a, an offensive system that's up to date because I think that's really that was really his biggest problem when he was in Brooklyn was the fact that his offense wasn't really up to date with how you play in the NBA today but his defense was top notch so it, I, I, you're right I think they have a plan if they did not and it was just completely random they just fired Mike Boonehoser I think they would have did that immediately after that that series was done <laughs> probably the next day the day after not this amount of time 
But I do think they have a plan in place. I think they have some interviews in place. But Nick Nurse's name is the name that I'm now hearing kind of swirling as, okay, he's kind of the guy that we want to get in and, and interview before we get anybody else in here. I don't think the answer is on the staff currently. You don't have a Darnham type guy. Um, but it, I, I just – I don't know. I, they have to have a plan in place. I just don't see what it is. I've seen Sam Cassell's name thrown around too. Um, Charnsey Char- Char- Billups is one I've, th- I've seen thrown around. Do the do the, do you really? So Cassell has paid his dues. Yeah. Um, but I guess like a, a Billups or um, a Derek Fisher or a Steve Nash type of situation. Do you really want to see another former player come in and try to be the head coach who's so? soon after his playing career. Like I said, I think Sam Cassell has played his due, uh, paid his dues. He's been in the system for a while. I think he would be a pretty good coach um, any situation he gets into. But is, I guess is, do you think he would be do – you, do you hire a first-time head coach for this job? That would be the question. Yeah, and I think with a championship window being what it is, I think that would be a huge gamble. But at the same time, you don't want to do a retread head coach who is not going to get the absolute best out of Giannis and, and whoever you decide to surround around him. Uh, you, you're you really stepping into big shoes after what Mike Boone's done. Yeah, I mean, any coach is going to have to look at that. You, they had the number one seed three times. They won at least 51 games four times out of the five years he was head coach. You know, it's. It, it's it's a lot. It's it's a championship pedigree. It's a lot you're stepping into. You have to match that and exceed it by going to win another championship. So, do you want to do a retread? I mean, you may not have a choice. You want that experience. You want someone that's going to do something different than Budenholzer and get the absolute best out of this roster. But at the same time, say, like, okay, do we want a fresh mind who's never been a head coach uh, that maybe can tap into uh, the mind of the young guys and then get them to to, to play and and. So it's 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 a hard decision because, like you said, Cassell's paid his dues, but you got a guy like out there like like Nick Nurse who's won a championship. You got an experienced uh, head coach who won a championship in the WNBA, and Becky Hammond who could be interviewing for NBA jobs. So it's that's a, that's a tough balancing act to to really figure out what direction you want to go with this championship window that you have currently because you have to strike. Yeah, and I think you automatically eliminate any college coaches in that situation because I've oh, yeah. seen Jay Wright's name thrown out there. I think that's going to be another Rick Pitino, um, uh, John Carapari type situation if you bring somebody like Jay Wright in. And whoever they do bring in, I think it's going to have a big impact on what this roster looks like. Um, Brooke Lopez is perfect for Bud's system, absolutely perfect. He could play the outside. He could play inside. He's getting up there in age. He looks well at times in this series on defense with the the drop and barely getting a hand in somebody's face at times. Uh, yeah. And bam, out of bio uh, from time like, a lot. And I think his role on this team completely changes if you bring in a like a Nick Nurse. I think that role changes for for Brooke Lopez. He would probably be more of your traditional center. And then Middleton can opt out. Forty million is a lot of money to leave on the table. I don't think yeah. he that on the open market, but maybe no. he opts out and then uh, gets a gets a paid a little bit less per year um, with that opt out. I, I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but I think it's like between thirty and thirty five million uh, with the new contract with Milwaukee potentially. 
that could change. And Drew Holiday's role can completely change, maybe not even be on this team anymore with a new coach. So the roster is obviously going to shake out, shake up potentially. I know the Bucks are limited with resources on money, with cap space and the repeater tax and the apron and the new CBA, which I don't know if the new CBA is going to kick in this season or the following, but the, a lot of – a lot of decisions that John Horst has with really no draft picks. I think they have the last pick in the uh, this year's NBA draft. But do you do you see this roster being completely overhauled, or do you th- they just try to run it back with a new coach? I think, and that's that's where it comes into what what direction do you go in with with a with a coach? Do you go with an experienced coach who will know how to kind of adjust their system with the players that they have? Or do you bring in a new head coach that says, hey, no, we need to scrap this and, and start from scratch, and this is what I need to, to be able to run this system so we can do these things? So it's that's that's a tough question to answer until we know exactly what direction they go in as far as head coach goes. But I think there's going to be a change no matter what, uh, whether it be some of the guys deep on the bench, whether it be a starter or two. Uh, it, I think it's you're looking for some sort of a, a shakeup for sure. Yeah, and – We've seen Dame. He's uh, hinted at wanting to play with Giannis. Is there? And I know today he tweeted out like he's surprised that the Bucks hired uh, fired a championship coach. I don't know if that closes that door or not. But is there? Do you, would you want Dame with this uh, on this team with Giannis, or would that just not be a good fit? Well, I'll say newsflash to Dame. He must have repeated that text multiple times because uh, Nick Nurse got fired, Frank Vogel got fired. So, I mean, you're talking about three, I believe three of the last four NBA champion head coaches uh, are no longer head coaches in the Steve league. Steve Kerr is the only one still with his job. Steve Kerr is the only one still there with a chance to win another ring this season. Go figure. So, <laughs> Dame has to, has to understand. And that's how you know it, it's no fault on Dame. Dame has had kind of not been in championship situations, so he really doesn't know how it goes. Um, he's, he's, he's very loyal to Portland. He's very loyal to his coaches. So, that, I think that's where that's born out of. But I love to see Dame play alongside of Giannis. It would be exciting. I, I can't. I can't lie. But how would that ever happen? You know, like you would have to give up so much in order for that to happen, and then you wouldn't be able to have much of a bench yeah. uh, after that to to make that happen. And, and and even then, I don't even know if the money would even match to be able to do that. So it would be exciting. It's nice to fantasize about it, but I don't see how that comes to fruition. Yeah. Well, Holiday or Middleton would have to be included in the deal to make the money work. And you yep. have to get a second or third team in there to get those draft picks uh, thrown out there as well to make to make this uh, even remotely work. So take a lot of a uh, lot of hoops uh, for John Horse to to jump through. And I I don't know if it was a fake quote or what it was, but I saw going around social media that apparently Budenhoser was saying that Giannis may look to play in a different market. I, I I don't know where that even came from. I don't know, but it's been like radio silence since the playoffs ended. And now of course that rumor circulating again, that Giannis might want to play in a bigger market. Do you think he signs his extension this summer, uh, which he's eligible to do? Or do you think he waits to kind of see which direction things are looking? I think he waits to see what direction they go in. 
and honestly, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me if he signed the extension, which I think he would get like another one hundred and seventy-three million dollars on top of the on top of the contract he already has for what two forty. So he's he's making gargantuan money. I wouldn't be surprised if he waited to see. And I don't think it's born out of desire to go to a bigger market. He doesn't need to go to a bigger no. market. He's a I don't worldwide. Think he <laughs> and he doesn't. Yeah, right. I don't think he wants to. You know, everybody saw him in that tour of New York, and you know, he's got the new index fund, and you know, he was on the New York Stock Exchange, rang the bell, and you know, promoting the the Charles Anand Kumpo Foundation, and and all that. So he he's he's done his work. He'll he'll go to the big markets to to do what he needs to do. But I don't think he has a desire to bring his family there. I don't think he has a desire to live there to have all that attention on him. He doesn't need a big market. He has all the endorsement deals he can handle. He's doing great things. He's a worldwide superstar. I don't think him not signing that extension is born out of that, but it's more so he wants to win. And he wants to see what the Bucks are going to do. And we have to be realistic about it. If the Bucks are not going to be, no matter how loyal he is, if the Bucks aren't going to be in a position to win championships, yeah, he's going to take his time. He's going to look at everything and make a decision like, okay, do I need to stay here or is it time to go? And I think he's going to be, if he does decide it's time to go, I think it's going to be different than we saw with guys like LeBron leaving Cleveland the first time. I think people, I think Bucks fans are going to react differently tremendously because he brought a championship to Milwaukee. He's very, seems like a very nice, humble person who uh, is very likable and not saying LeBron James isn't likable, but the presentation he put on to go to Milwaukee not to Milwaukee, to go to Miami, wrong M, wasn't likable the way he handled that whole situation with the not one, not two, not three. I know that rubbed <laughs> a lot of people the wrong way. I don't think Giannis would ever go about it that way. I think he would make crack jokes like he did when he was on The Daily Show, which I think people don't understand that he was reading from a script with his jokes. I know, And he didn't want to. No. <laughs> he didn't want to say some of that stuff. He did not want to say it. No. Um. So do you think they had Giannis? Do you think they contacted John Horst and the ownership, contacted Giannis and say, hey, look, this is what we're looking to do. What are your thoughts on it? Because Giannis seemed very loyal to Bud, sometimes to a fault, when he was not, when he was only playing 25 to 30 minutes a night some nights, when maybe he could have played more and had be- bigger, better legs in the playoffs uh, some of those years. Do you think they talked to Giannis about, hey, this is what we're looking to do. What do you think? And do you think he has a say? So I remember when they hired Bud, Middleton and Giannis, I believe, had lunch or something with Bud prior to Bud getting the job. Do yeah. you think they go that route again? Maybe not with Middleton per se, but do you think they allow Giannis to meet the new person they're looking to hire and kind of get Giannis's okay on that? I think they, they did. More questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think they did. I think they did. I mean, you're talking about a generational talent and just want to keep him in the loop because, I mean, obviously you want to have communication with a guy who is eligible to sign an extension. You want to do everything you possibly can to make him happy. So I think there was some sort of communication with him, letting him know that, hey, you know, I I know because it's not even just Boonholzer that Giannis was, was loyal to. Giannis is loyal to whoever his coach is. He was the same way with Jason Kidd. He was loyal to him. He was the same way with Joe Prunty. He was the same way with Larry Drew. Can you believe he's going on his fifth coach already? That's yeah. wild to even think about. So it, he's he's just a loyal guy. That's who, who Giannis is. He's just very, very loyal. And, yeah, you're right, sometimes to a fault. 
but I think there was conversations with him. I think they they let him know and it kept him in the loop. They didn't want a whole Aaron Rodgers type situation. I think they learned from their neighbors in the north and um, made that move. I, do I think he'll have some input on the next head coach? I think they'll have conversations on you know what he feels they need to do because you've seen all the 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 press conference questions. Do you feel, do you feel that you needed to make adjustments? Do you think there were enough adjustments made? No, 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 there, no, there wasn't. So obviously he has opinions. Obviously he knows he has a high IQ for the game. Obviously he knows what needs to be done the way they need to play the way they would like to play. So I think they'll keep him in the loop. I think he'll be a part of the process, not saying, Oh, yay or nay, but he'll be a part of the process as he should be. You have to treat generational talents somewhat different, whether people like it or not, but man, you have to do what you have to do to keep him happy. So he signs an extension or wants to stay in Milwaukee. And that's the big thing. Yeah, definitely need to keep him happy. Because if he leaves, I'm not – the odds of them finding a generational player once again are very unlikely. They they tried it again, um, taking a chance on an international player who wasn't well-known in Thawmaker, who – Busted as you know what, seemingly every play, every game, every practice, he just didn't have the skills that Giannis had to develop. And they swung for that fence before, after Giannis had missed. So definitely want to keep him in the loop because there's not too many Giannis's running around. The guy that found Giannis isn't with the Bucks anymore. Right. I know uh, John Hammond was a GM, but it was one of their uh, – Somebody in that, one of their scouts is the one that said, Hey, this is a guy you got to take. And John Hammond's trusted that scout. And I know Hammond's got a lot of sl- uh, flack for, for that move. A oh, lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giannis, yeah. He didn't hear the end of it for a while. And then when he started playing, he started developing. And, you know, those, those, <laughs> those shouts started to, to quiet down and everybody started to sit down because they were wrong. And there's one question you didn't answer. I asked a two-part question earlier. Who do you think is, gets the job and who do you want to get the job? Who do you want to see as the next head coach of the Bucs? One of the names that have been mentioned. And you mentioned Frank Volgo, which I completely forgot to mention him. He's yeah. a free agent coach right now. Who do you want to have see the job, get the job? This, and that's, that's such a hard question that I don't even have an answer for right now because you're coming well, off of Mike Boonholzer, who was wildly successful, won a championship. But his his true downfall was his inability, or I should say, his um, not wanting to make adjustments when they were playing his day. Another thing on top of that, his refusal to play and develop the young guys that you bring in through the draft and, and whatever else. Like you have to develop camp. I, at Marjan minutes, man. We need Marjan minutes. So it's it, you. You can't afford not to play those guys, develop those guys, because Milton's not getting any younger. Holiday's not getting any younger. Giannis is Giannis entering his last year of his twenties. So you're you have such a small Brooks not getting younger. So you have such a small window to strike to win championships. Like not just get to the playoffs, but win championships. But you have to start bringing that. That's what Golden State had to learn the hard the hard way. They had to bring some of those young guys along. They had to go through some losing seasons, some injury seasons. But then you see guys like Jordan Poole develop, and he's out there and he's balling. So you have to develop those guys so they take over for the guys that are starting to get older. So I need someone who's going to make adjustments. I need someone who is going to play the young fellas, 
let them develop, let them grow, get them integrated within the system. So it's so hard to say who's going to do that. Will Nick Nurse do it? Maybe. Will Becky Hammond do it? Maybe. Will Frank Vogel do it? Yeah, he's been known to play as young guys. So who do I want to get the job? I really don't have an answer. It's just, I, I don't. I just, I don't have an answer. I, it depends on what direction you want to go in and how this roster is going to be shaped. And I think the one of the big reasons why Nick Nurse is such the hot name out there for the job is they remember 2019, 2020, yeah, 2018, 2019 season where they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucks jump out to a 2-0 series lead. Game three goes into overtime. And what does Nick Nurse do in that series? Adjustments. Makes yeah. changes, makes adjustments, puts Kwai strictly on Giannis, build that wall to help Kwai. So he had, no, he, it's kind of like what the Packers did with Jefferson against the Vikings the second go around is you bracketed Jefferson with the safety, put uh, Alexander on him one-on-one, and Alexander could take more chances because he knew he had that safety right behind him. Leonard knew he could take those chances because he knew he had that that wall right behind him to prevent Giannis from penetrating that wall if Giannis did beat him off the dribble. Exactly. Um, people see that from Nurse, from that series, and they're like, he's the opposite of Bud. Where Bud, <laughs> it took P.J. Tucker... I'm saying this jokingly, getting in his face to get him to make adjustments at times in that championship season. Uh, and then Nick Nurse is one that is, seems to be constantly making. And I think the problem you would have with Nick Nurse, though, is, again, he's the opposite of Bud. And maybe it's because of the lack of bench in Toronto. But he plays a lot of starter minutes during the regular season. He plays the starters a lot. The reason why Toronto came back and forced overtime in that game against Milwaukee is because the Bucks went to the bench thinking white flag is weighed, but nurse kept all the starters out there and kept playing, even though, you know, nine coaches out of 10 is going to say, we're done. Let's just wrap this game up and move on to the next night. Nurse is like, no, I'm going to play hundred percent for every second that's on the clock. And that could wear guys out come playoff time too, uh, potentially. And I guess, kind of hard to ask this question because we saw pj tucker yell at somebody on the bench the other night even though he was never didn't take a free throw attempt didn't take a field goal attempt but we saw pj tucker get in the guy's face in game one um for whatever reason if the bucks bring and of course if you bring tucker back you don't have uh portis for sure if the bucks bring pj tucker back do they win uh another championship last year or are they looking to win another one this year? Do you think that's the case or do you think it was the right move to kind of, it's time you thank you for what you did for us. It's time to let you move on. I think they lost a little bit of edge, a little bit of toughness. Um, They're hopefully going to get Crowder this year. Exactly. And that's why they went and got Crowder. And then Bud didn't really even play him the way that we thought he would play him. Um, you were thinking you are going to get PJ Tucker toughness and and I like Crowder. I, I like he, he is a tough guy, but uh, you know, a hard nosed player can hit the three. Um, but it was just it's a different edge with PJ Tucker. It, it just it just is. You see the things he's doing with the 76ers. Yeah, he had a Tony Snell game, you know. So like if I remember that stat line, he had one of those in the playoffs, but he's helping that team win. So it, I think they lost a little bit of their edge, a little bit of their toughness um with what they did with PJ Tucker. Do they win another championship? I don't know if that hinges on them having P.J. Tucker, but it definitely helps. 
it definitely helps. It, they definitely have that edge that they that they had back in the championship run. Um, so that definitely would help. Uh, but I don't know if it would necessarily put them over the top. And I didn't, and I didn't realize just actually how young uh, Budenholzer actually is for coaching wise. He's only fifty three. I, I did not realize he was that young. A um, couple more things before I wrap up the show. I want to get your thoughts on the 2023 draft over Packers. To me, it looked like they had a pretty solid draft class overall. Um, Lucas Van Ness. I got to make sure I say his name slower because if I say it quickly, people think I'm saying Lucas Van Ness instead of yeah. Van Ness. So <laughs> make sure I say it slow. That first round pick, not a, not a sexy pick because everyone thought wide receiver. I thought it was a good pick for the fact that He's a freak athlete that if you get him to play to his potential, he's going to be scary. Then you go Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, who I think is going to fit into Green Bay really well. I should say Wisconsin, almost as good as the person I have on my shirt here, A.J. Dillon. I think yeah, fit that well. His tweet earlier is, is there really a Culver's at every exit in Wisconsin? <laughs> um Kobe Wooden, another cheese type name there. Kobe Wooden, Clifford, Wicks, Brooks, Carlson, a, a kicker, Valentine, a corner, Nichols, and then Anthony Johnson, and then Grant DuBose. I think people are putting too much hype on the seventh round wide receiver pick, even though I am, I do like him. I think it's just a big jump going from Charlotte to NFL 53 man. But my favorite would be Anthony Johnson. And Lou Nichols are two of my favorites. And then I like the uh, the Van Ness pick. My least favorite was, was Clifford. He was a priority free agent quarterback who they get in the fifth round. I get if he's your guy, you like him. It's better to reach, I guess, sometimes than to wait. And, you know, there's a bit, a bit of a run on quarterbacks. But I think Sean Clifford is a diamond dozen quarterback. I think there's probably four other quarterbacks like him in the draft. But overall, what's your thoughts on the – 23 draft class. Honestly, I, I think they had a solid draft. Uh, I think this season you are truly going to see what Matt LaFleur truly wants to do and how he wants his team to be. He is trying to replicate what Shanahan is doing in San Francisco. You're going to have a lot of motion. You're going to run the football. You're going to play good defense. You can't play good defense if you don't have defensive depth, if you don't have defensive players, and that's why they went Van Ness with the first pick. I was kind of iffy on it, but it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. If he plays to his potential, he could be a freakish athlete. You put him right there next to Kenny Clark, I mean, you're going to wreck a lot of offensive plans. So it's you get these guys, and people forget, last season, and statistically, and in any advanced metric, everything, the Packers did not play the same way they played the year prior. Everyone underperformed. Everyone. Everyone. You yeah, have to think that they're going, Rodgers included, yeah. you have to think they're going to take a step up to where they were before that. So if you get that and you add these other players in here and they give you anything and you protect Jordan Love and, and you let him, and you run the football, you got two great backs there. Run the football. You protect that kid. You let him get some easy passes out there. You got Watson on one side. You got freaking Dobbs on the other side. It's not like you don't have wide receiver help. You get some of these new guys up here. I'm not saying they can go win the Super Bowl, 
but you can build the foundation for a team that's going to continue to grow, continue to learn, continue to get very good. And then they get to that point where they are talking Super Bowl with these squads. So I think they're doing what they have to do. They're building that defense. They're getting some young offensive talent. They're trying to make sure that that love is protected. I, I, I like I like the draft this season. I, I really do. I think they did what they had to do. And we'll see how it translates on the field. And then a couple quick more things I want to get your thoughts on before we wrap things up. Um, talked about Jordan Love and his he they they didn't execute they didn't exercise the fifth year option. They gave him a one year contract extension, and now the talk around the national media and some local shows is that it was stupid of Jordan Love to do that. He's not betting on himself. He's taking the easy way out. But in the end of the day, it's if Jordan Love can just focus on being the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. He's not worrying about, um, granted, they had to do a Tuesday to exercise the option or not, but he's not worried about 2024. He's not worried about you know, beyond 2024, he can focus on 2023 and trying to be the best quarterback he can be in 2023 and just focus on that and not have to focus on any of the outside noise. He can just focus on being his, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, something he has not had the opportunity to do his first three years in the league because they've had the MVP and Aaron Rodgers there. But what are your thoughts on Love and his contract extension? I thought it was good for both sides, both Love's side and the Packers side. Apparently, you can't. You can't think that way, apparently. It has to be, it was great. You know, Goody did great, loved it awful. Great choice by Love, poor choice by Goody. Packers are sending mixed messages on Jordan Love. They don't actually, they wanted an out clause after the season without doing the, you know, they didn't want to do the option. I don't know. It was just a lot of that being thrown around. I think both sides are very smart in that decision. See, I, I, I said it on Twitter, you got some of the smartest takes around. And that's uh, that's very, very intelligent of you to say. You get rid of the distraction. You get rid of the distraction. The last thing you want from a first-year starter is distraction. That's the last thing you want, any sort of distraction. So I know when Goot said that on in the Saturday press conference after the draft was over, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, well, we got to see what we got to do about the fifth option. Like, why wouldn't you? He didn't want to get this guy here. <laughs> yeah like you drafted the guy like why what do you mean like he's gonna have to be your starter this you spent the draft pick on him like what are you doing so it's like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way but then to see them sign that contract and get rid of that distraction i'm like okay all right that must have been what he meant all right cool all right me and Goo, we cool again so you eliminate all the distractions. I think it's a good move on both of them. You, how is he not betting on himself? I mean, he it's really a prove-it deal, and I said that on, on my Toss Facebook page. It's a prove-it deal. Prove to us that you are a starting quarterback in this league and you are the right man to be the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Prove it to us, and you will be paid handsomely. But for right now, he's going to get paid uh, with his incentives that he has on that contract if he proves to be – a starting quarterback in the National Football League, he's going to get paid quite handsomely. Exactly. And, and that's that's why you put those incentives in there. That's why you make it incentive-laden, because if he's if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, he's going to hit every single one of those. Obviously, you have to, the whole team has to do their part in that. But if they are, and he's doing his part, he's going to hit all those incentives. So I don't see how he's not betting on himself. Like you said, it's very smart on both parts. Eliminate the distractions. Let him concentrate on football, not the business of football, but football itself. 
and had a thought I want to say on love and then just completely escaped my mind here. Um, <laughs> um, last question is not, well, it's Packer related too. So expect, this is what I was going to say about Jordan Love. The expectations people are putting on Jordan Love, I think, are too high. They're saying, well, he's not going to be, he's not going to be Aaron Rodgers. It's not, it's going to be a step back from that. Well, they don't need him to be Aaron Rodgers. If he could be 2008 Aaron Rodgers, things are good. Yeah. They won 6 and 10 in 2008, but Rodgers looks better each and every game. I think that's the expectation should be closer to what we saw in 2008 from Aaron Rodgers than 2020 Aaron Rodgers, 2021 Aaron Rodgers, who won MVPs. I think if, that, if you're asking for NFL Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers from Jordan Love, you're setting the bar way too high and you're never going to be satisfied. I think you'd set it to 2008 Aaron Rodgers, set that to be the bar, and see if he can reach it or or shoot over it. I guess what do you I guess what expect what do you need to see from Jordan Love in 2023 to make you think that he has a future as the starting quarterback for the Packers? I said it on toss last week that it is absolutely ridiculous for anyone to say, "Oh, you know, we're expecting Hall of Fame quarterback status." From Jordan Love. No, you don't expect a Hall of Famer from anyone. I don't care how good they are coming out of college. I don't care what sort of records they set. I don't care what type of body type, athleticism, anything else they have. You don't sit there and look and say, that's a Hall of Famer. No, you don't. You build that through your play. You build that through your work. You have to give this young man a chance to learn, a chance to play, a chance to fail, a chance to succeed. That's what Favre had. That's what Rodgers had. That's what Love needs to have. I'm not expecting this team to make the playoffs next season, and no one should be. No. But am I expecting to see tangible improvement week after week from not just him but the entire team? Absolutely. Absolutely am. And I think if I see that and if everybody tempers their expectations and understand that it's a rebuild, whether you like it or not, (laughs) it's a rebuild. You're reloading. You have to allow these young guys to get integrated into the system. You have to allow them to find their footing. You have to allow them to make their mistakes, but you also have to welcome their successes. You have to let them play, let them improve. So I'm not looking for a win team next season. I'm just looking to get better, and that's what everybody should be looking for. Yeah, I'm not going to get into a Brewer chatter today, but basically what everyone's saying about the Brewers has to be the same mindset for the Packers is let the young guys play. I think the oldest player on the Packers is uh, 32, and that's the punter. Let the young guys play. Let them develop. Let's let's actually run what Lafleur wants to run, rather than Aaron Rodgers' version of what Lafleur wants to run. And I thank Aaron Rodgers for everything he did as a Packer. Yes. The I don't you know the whole past four years of drama is a little much. But appreciate everything he did as a Packer. He got the Lombardi Trophy back to Green Bay. Many times he put the team on his back, the run-the-table year, the relax year. He put that team on his back and almost literally carried them to the Super Bowl. And unfortunately, they didn't have the talent to finish it off. Atlanta was the better team. They were out of wide receivers against Arizona in the divisional in the, yeah, the divisional round. They had no wide receivers left after Janice's 
game tying touchdown. That's why they didn't go for two because he yeah. got hurt on that play. Yeah. Um, but thanks for everything you did. But it's time to let the young guys play and let's see what the young guys have. And uh, we, we, we may not make the playoffs in 2023, but hey, we didn't make it in 2022 either. We didn't make it in Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter either. Nope. So let's just look for continued development. So let's not overreact to every bad read or bad throw because there's going to be bad throws and bad reads. It's growing pains of a first-year starter. So let's tap the brakes up. <laughs> Pump the brakes. You heard them. Yeah. So I appreciate you jumping on. I was planning on talking more um, Packers, and then Bucks was going to be, you know, big picture of what should they do with Bud, but the Bucks kind of made that decision for me. Hence, I wanted to get you on the show quickly to get your thoughts on that. Um and maybe talk a little bit of Brewers, but I kind of don't want to after today's game. I I need to I need to sleep on that and tap the brakes on that because today <laughs> I need to sleep on it before I you know as I I think I kind of overreacted with my maybe twenty twenty uh, one was the outlier of the Bucks being able to beat the Heat. Now that I slept <laughs> on that, I think there's some some partial truth to that, but I don't think that's exact fact, but. Anywho, just want to say thanks for uh, jumping on and joining me here tonight on such short notice. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, like I said, it's uh, it's a shock, but it's not. So yeah. well, you, I'm glad we can hop on together and talk about it. Always good to chop it up with you. Uh, yeah, anytime, man. Yeah, and with that, thank you so much for those watching, those listening. You can find me on Twitter at Evan with Sports. The, the video's there. It's on Talking Sports with Evan Facebook page as well as my uh, YouTube page, find Evan with Allison. You'll find the live stream and all past shows. It's going to be posted in audio form tomorrow morning, so you can listen to it via podcast. Uh, so you don't have to look at the two of us for about an hour. You can just listen to us. And Tristan at at the 20 uh, double, find uh, uh, you and your work on, on Twitter there. And um, Facebook page is... Facebook.com slash T on Sports Show. There we go. So you go. thank you for everybody for tuning in, and I will get back at you next week. Uh, maybe talking about a new Bucks head coach, maybe not, but I will recap the Brewers up to this point. Uh, been kind of making a point to do weekly, uh, weekly updates per week, and we're about just over a month into the season, so I think it'll be a good uh, next Thursday will be a good talking about where the Brewers currently are. But with that said, thank you so much, and enjoy the rest of your week.